Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and tonight I have a, a really special guest. Her name is Fran Capoccia. Tonight, before we kind of get on to the interview, I just want to make a couple of announcements. First of all, I am doing my best to make sure there is a piece of writing out every single day on Unresolved. So if you guys want to follow up, and that could consist of articles, uh, poetry from different authors, I have done my very best to bring on authors that are quality, and I also contribute to the site, and Michael Blaze, the producer of the show, also contributes. So if you guys want to follow and keep up with what's going on, you can always uh, subscribe to the email list. Just go to unresolved.life and you will find a thing that says enter in your name and email. And also, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you guys want me to cover. I can't answer questions if I don't know what you guys are after. So you can always send me an email, Teresa at unresolved.life. That being said, let's move on to the interview. Fran, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here tonight. Well, you're very welcome. You proposed an idea and I kind of chewed on it and I kind of wanted you to bring this idea to the show and let's kind of dig into it and see where it goes. Your idea is that certain diseases have a spiritual root. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So could you kind of dig into that a little bit and kind of explain that a little? Yes. Uh, my name is Fran Capoccia and I have Lahaim Ministry, which deals with what I call the biblical roots of disease. And I do want to make a disclaimer that even though we are talking about disease, that if you do have a health problem, and I mentioned something, that you always go to your doctor because I'm not a doctor, and that you would get professional medical help or nutrition from a nutritionist. So I just wanted to add that in before I begin. This came along from a journey when I was, I had actually healed physically with um, fresh vegetable juices, and I had a growth that healed in five days. But at the same time, I still didn't feel 100% well. And I went to um, somebody who has like a computer with all kinds of diseases. And she said I had some kind of issue that the food was not going to heal. So I started praying about that. And what came to me was that there was a spiritual issue. She told me the word, it was called miasm, but I didn't know what that meant. And I asked a naturopath who was a Christian, and he said that means it's a generational, actually, disease, or according to the Bible, would actually be called a curse. In Deuteronomy, they talk about the different curses of, that will happen on your body, and it's mostly from disobedience. It's never that God puts disease on us, because He's a good, loving God, so there's, I didn't need, definitely need to put that in there. But that's what started my journey into learning about the spiritual roots. And mainly it's more these seven areas like unforgiveness, envy, and jealousy. Even in the, in the scripture, it says that envy is like rottenness to the bones. And so when what happens is when it's not so much the unforgiveness that's a problem, it's the chemical reactions when we feel, let's say, hatred is part of unforgiveness. When you feel hatred, your body starts doing certain chemical reactions, and that will cause disease. 
just the fact that you're having negative thoughts and anger, you know, makes your blood pressure go up. And so there's a lot of physiological things and why it ends up in disease because of that. Okay, so let's 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 kind of unpack that a little bit. Someone might say, well, wait a minute. Okay. I'm a naturalist. I believe in what I see. I believe in, in, in reality. And you're saying that there's some kind of a spiritual root to a disease. Come on. You know, science has already proven God to be a myth. So what do you, where are you getting this spiritual root idea? In scripture, it says that there was a first heaven, a second heaven, and a third heaven. The third heaven is alluded to in Second Corinthians, where it says Paul was caught up into the third heaven. So that there assumes that there's a second and a first. The first would be earth. And also in scripture, it says Lucifer, who would be, you know, he was an archangel and according to Ezekiel 28, but he had iniquity in his heart, according to Ezekiel 18.15, and he wanted to have control. He was, he was in control of the music. He had Adorn, it talks about he had adornments all over like jewels and he was dressed beautifully. But because he, you know, he had iniquity in his heart, he was cast out according to scripture and he had to take a third of those angels with him. And at that point, they don't have a body, so we can't see them. And that's where this whole premise of what I was trained in that, that when you have unforgiveness, that there's actually seven principalities. And the scripture, again, talks about principalities and that uh, those principalities uh, would consist of bitterness, self-bitterness, jealousy, rejection, fear, the occult, and unbelief. So everything that I learned, again, would be based on scripture. So obviously, if someone doesn't believe in scripture, then they would have to read those verses and find out for themselves then. And I didn't even know a lot of this before I ever went into this. I mean, I've been a Christian a long time, but I had no idea there was this whole realm out there. (laughs) But the thing is, is I didn't even know really what envy and jealousy was until I read through that whole, there's like a book with chapters and I've been to different places to learn this. So it isn't just one author, but when I, when I read the description of envy and jealousy, I thought, oh my goodness, that's what I felt like towards so-and-so. And I didn't even realize that that was jealousy, you know, but I know what that felt like. It felt awful. It felt like somebody has something and I don't. And it talks in scriptures, we don't battle with flesh and blood. We battle against principalities and powers. And so those seven areas that I mentioned are the principalities and then each one of those are broken down much further. So that's how that all gets out there. Let, let, let's uh, let's kind of tackle that a little bit. So you're talking about stuff like bitterness and anger. Aren't those just emotions? I mean, okay, so you feel angry against someone. You don't, maybe you have an area where when you think about something in their past, it just riles you up. Isn't that just a common emotion, common to everybody? I mean, where does that emotion side start or stop in this spiritual component begin? I believe that we have emotions and that is a good thing because if somebody wrongs us, we should be angry. Or if if somebody loves us, we'll feel loved. I mean, those are positive things or, you know, I think those are for a reason. What I think what the scripture talks about is it says, be angry and sin not. 
It says, if you don't forgive your brother, I'm not going to forgive you. It's how we handle those situations. Because a lot of times, now I know there's also the thing of, well, what about kids who are abused? They can't do anything about it. And I don't have every answer for that. But I do know that even Joseph, when he was in prison, and they talk, he talks about what the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. And it's hard to think about that sometimes because there is some really cool, awful stuff out there. But if I didn't go through what I've been through, because I've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, I wouldn't have known any of this stuff. And I can help somebody who's going through uh, what I went through. But when I see it now, I identify it. And I can tell people, we'll do this, this, and this, because I've been through that. And, if, and, and of course, when you're going through it, it's horrible. But, but in terms of the emotions, I, that's where it's good to have the emotion and it's good to feel it. We don't want to like stuff it and deny it. But at the same time, we have to learn how to deal with those emotions so that we are clear because unforgiveness, we can be so angry that we could go kill somebody. And that's not what we want to do because then we'll be end up in jail or somewhere, you know. So that's where that comes in. So, okay, so we've established that, that this is on biblical grounds and you know, we've established that we're not talking about emotions per se. We're talking about something completely different. Then the question then becomes, okay, so maybe someone realizes, well, man, I am a wreck and I do got problems and stuff just isn't working. Based on your system, what would be the first step to getting out of whatever the issue is? Like whether it be unbelief, or, uh, uh, unbelief jealousy, anger, or whatever. What would be one of the first steps that that person needs to take? I would recommend the process that I've learned, but there are other places to go as well. Um, I went to two places. First, I went to a place that's local to me. I'm from Ohio, and it's about two hours away. And it's based on, like I said, the same thing, but it's, it's actually a process. And the way these principalities work, so bitterness is the first first level. You have to deal with that first, either whether you go through the process I have where I take people through a book or there's actually, you know, I know a place in Georgia that deals with that too. He's uh, called Be in Health. He's probably, I think, one of the, uh, definitely one of the founders of this process that some other people have, you know, gone, you know, got with permission, been able to replicate in different parts of the country. And so you would start with bitterness because if you don't deal with that, you can't go to the next level. And even bitterness has seven or eight levels. And so what happens is each one gets stronger. So that's why you have to deal with the foundation, the first level first. So like in bitterness, the first level is unforgiveness. The second is resentment. The third is retaliation. When you get to retaliation, it's when people start acting out. Unforgiveness and resentment is more in our heart, or you may think about it, ruminate which isn't healthy either. But but when you get to retaliation, anger, hatred, and violence and murder, then a lot of times there's some action taken by the person, which becomes not good. <laughs> but so it's a process. And again, you want to go through each level. So bitterness would be the first, unloving would be the second, jealousy, the third, rejection, the fourth. But you want to take time on each one of those because just even unforgiveness like I made a list of 50 people I needed to forgive. And this isn't really the first time I've done stuff like that. I've done 
you know, some other kinds of programs before. And when you really think about, you know, this is kind of like a soul cleansing, I would call it, because this all involves the soul area, because the soul area is the mind, will, and emotion. And that, if a person is a believer, that's the only place that the enemy has a legal right to. And what I mean by that is, if someone's born again, the enemy does not control them. But if somebody in your generation had serious evangelicy and it's never been repented of, then actually the enemy has a legal right to be there and to manifest. Like I have a prayer card. I take them through four or five different parts, and it's all based on scripture. Part one would be forgiving. They would forgive the person and then also ask for forgiveness. Because usually if somebody hurt you, you're going to say, I forgive so-and-so for hurting me this way. But then I also have to say, but I also repent of unforgiveness because usually pain is unforgiveness. I mean, it hurts. Then the second part would be canceling. It's a prayer model. The third would be ask for healing. And then the fourth part would be listening. This is to me is Holy Spirit led. So you'd listen to the Holy Spirit. God will speak through the Holy Spirit. I've, I've, it's been amazing. I've taken people through this process and one lady could see better, but we weren't praying about her seeing better. We were, she was just renouncing some, a generational issue in her line. And all of a sudden we were done and she goes, oh my goodness, I can see clearer. <laughs> and so it's pretty amazing how, you know, what, what happens when you do this. And again, some of it's generational, so it's not even our fault. We didn't know when the Lord told me what to repent of for my generations. My family wouldn't even know that that's in our generations. I even asked my dad once. He had no clue what I was talking about. So um, so some of this is, you know, spirit-led, too. Let me ask you this. Someone maybe uh, listening and going, well, yeah, I'm dealing with stuff, but it's not even my fault. It's not even an issue of I've done something or I'm holding something against this person, but I've been hurt. I've been hurt majorly by these other people. and. I'm just trying to deal with it. So how would you respond to someone like that? Again, I would really go by that, you know, God forgives us. And it says in scripture, if we don't forgive other people, even though it's totally not our fault, that we still have the obligation to forgive. Because if not, it it just, it like it, it yokes us in a prison. The other person probably doesn't feel anything, you know, who did the hurting. But if we are hurting at all, then we have to take that responsibility, even if it totally wasn't our fault, to forgive and be loosed from that. It's the only way I can describe it because it is. It can become a prison if if we're constantly thinking about it. And the more you re, and the more you think about something when you've been hurt, it's like your brain's reliving that over and over again, like it's happening over and over again. It's too so. So as long as somebody's feeling hurt, you know they can start taking these steps. And I know personally, I was, you know, I was in a very difficult uh, relationship in my marriage and I had to do a lot of forgiving. And it's really like a miracle when you see the results of all that, because I didn't know what I was getting into. Maybe I kind of did, but I didn't when I was young. I was pretty young when I got married and stuff. After I went through this process, I know one of my daughters said, wow you have changed a lot because they knew how I would have normally responded in a certain situation. And they saw that I was, I just, 
I just don't have any ill anymore. It's just, it's gone. And I can't say that that was the way it was the way before I couldn't even, I was so traumatized. I couldn't even drive anymore, which is crazy. I you know, always was able to drive and, but the situation I was in, I ended up so traumatized. And, and I, that, that was the biggest blessing of all this is I was able to do a lot of forgiving. And again, you know, relationships are always two way too. sometimes, even though we don't mean to allow something in, we kind of do because, you know, maybe we just don't know, or we're trusting people and then they whatever go off on us. Is forgiveness the same thing as being uh, all of a sudden, you know, everything's cool with that person because maybe it's not a, you know, maybe you're sitting there going, well, if I, if I forgive them, then, then I have to pretty much everything's fine again. And I can't, and I'm not ready to do that. I, I, no, I would never pretend, you know, like, oh, I forgave them and now it's fine. And to me, it just depends on the level of hurt and pain because it's kind of like an onion. And sometimes the layers of hurt are so deep that it's not going to happen in the first time. You may have to, for, you know, it says forgive someone 70 times seven because, and now this is also a disclaimer that if someone's in an abusive relationship, you just don't, you don't just forgive people and pretend like everything's fine. There are certain steps you obviously, a person would have to do in that situation. But I'm saying like, if somebody was in an abusive relationship and they left and they took that time to do some healing and eventually they felt better just to be in the person's presence, then that's fine. It says to forgive. It never says to forget. You know, I think we will always remember things, but if we remember and we still have pain, that means we still have to do some more work. And I do believe in good boundaries with people as well, that if someone has a tendency to hurt a lot, well, you know, you can forgive them, but you don't have to be around them all the time, or you can make very short, you know, interactions go which way you know, it takes a lot of discernment sometimes to figure that out. But I think the person themselves will know that they won't, they don't feel that pain anymore if they know they've really dealt with a lot of that. And sometimes you may get freed for a while and something else will pop up and think, oh, wow, I thought I was done with this. And then something else pops up. What do you say to the person that says, hey, I tried the whole forgiveness thing. It didn't work. I still have this problem. Well, I would definitely say that to go through the whole process, because like I said, the bitterness, which is the principality, is only the first level. There's self-bitterness, which is self, like unloving, like self-pity. Uh, there's also jealousy and anger, jealousy and envy, rejection. Rejection is huge. If we've been rejected, you can be rejected while you're in the womb. I mean, that has to be dealt with. Uh, okay, but- talk about that. Talk about that a little bit. How would you, I mean, what do you, when you're talking about rejection, rejection from who or what kind of circumstances? There's, yeah, there's a couple prayers actually in the model that I have on even like, even the womb or somebody who's been adopted because like in the womb, sometime maybe the dad wants a boy and, and has a girl and people will say stuff like that. Parents will say that to their kids like, oh yeah, I wanted a, a boy, but you're a girl and they just laugh it off. But you know what? They are speaking this and what our words have so much power and the child may laugh, but thinking, oh, so you, so you, now I'm not good enough because I'm not just whatever you wanted. And, and there's actually, you know, that started way back in the womb and the process sometime I've, I haven't done this with anybody, but they, you know, where I was trained, they did it with us. Like we had to just go back to the womb and 
just pray through that and pray. Like sometimes if you have a really difficult delivery, you might have to pray through how you entered into the world. Was it easy? Was it difficult? I mean, and one really good example was the lady who was teaching this to us up in Alaska. She said that when she was pregnant with her son, she had an electric blanket that caught fire. And, you know, this was while she was pregnant and didn't think about it again. And when her son was in his 20s and she bought him an electric blanket for some occasion, he said, oh, I don't know why. I just never like electric blankets. And she remembered that this happened when she was pregnant with him. And so it's really interesting. You know, there's a lot more that people are discovering about the womb and what went on in the the surroundings, you know, I'm sure scientifically they can probably prove that babies can feel or hear things, you know, different things like that. So I think that's a really fascinating one because sometimes people don't realize that rejection started way back then. Maybe you had rejection from a spouse, but you got to go back way back to really get, that's what they call getting to the root of it. You know, it's, it's not just now. It could be a pattern of rejection. and. Let me ask you this. What are some of the symptoms of someone who may have been dealing with rejection and they don't really realize it? A lot of times they feel like they're not a part of something. They feel kind of outside of the circle. Like if they have a sibling, they think the the parents, they always notice the parents kind of dote over the other sibling. If they don't get noticed, could be even in a job place, they could feel that rejection. There's a lot of, usually it's, you could almost tell by self-pity. They may just like, oh, well, I never get chosen. I never get a break in life. You know, they just kind of kind of some of that self-pity. As I am listening to this, I'm kind of reflecting on events, you know, in my own personal life. And I'm fairly certain it's bringing up events and someone in, 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 in listeners, whatever, whoever is listening, maybe they're thinking, oh, man, I felt that insert situation. It is a process because, like I said, there's like seven different areas. So so that's why I think sometimes people say, well, I tried forgiveness. That didn't work. Well, but there's like all this other all these other areas. And the unloving is like a cap over that, too, because usually if somebody hurts you, then you don't feel loved. And that can really then go deep. You know, then we're dealing with the heart. You can have a broken heart. And Jesus said he came to heal the broken heart. And sometimes people just try to medicate and numb themselves with different things. But I really believe that, at least I've seen in my life, and I'm not totally done because I still deal with stuff every day. But but what the beauty of this process is, is if I, let's say somebody hurt me yesterday or something, and they didn't mean to, I just, just felt hurt by something. If I do this prayer process that I described of, you know, I forgive so-and-so, forgive me for my bitterness. You know, I command this bitterness to go and Holy Spirit heal my heart. And then usually I'll hear like like a verse or I may just hear, you know, you're you're fine or something like that. I will just feel like, you know, like when you wash dishes and they're clean, it, that's how I feel after that. And I have at least I have this tool with me because, you know, you may go through this big process, you know, because re- for rejection, you might have felt rejection your whole life by teachers, by friends, by if you start to really look at your whole life and start listing all this, you could have 50 items on here. And this prayer process, you go through everyone one by one, you forgive them and you ask for forgiveness and 
you know, it's kind of a detailed process for sure. But, you know, that's what's the beauty of it. It's just you've cleaned the plate. <laughs> it's like, and, um, and I also had read a lot of books on unforgiveness or forgiving. And it said, sometimes you have to clean your plates every day. Cause if you didn't, you'd have a big pile of dishes in this sink. And, <laughs> and so this goes pretty deep, I think, to, to really get at each one of those. And it's such a, you know, intricate process, <laughs> but it's so, so worth it. When I became a believer in my teens, you know, I was, really close to my mom and then when I became a believer uh that changed and all of a sudden I grew up in a non-believing home and so all of a sudden it's a matter of oh well now you're choosing God over me no I'm just trying to uh live a certain way and it you know as you bring up these things these 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 thoughts keep coming back to mind and so I can definitely see where someone might say I'm not religious, but I can relate to half of the stuff you're saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, this works for both. I mean, even if they're not even believers, obviously, everybody goes through these different areas because it's pretty hard to go through life and never experience anything bad happening. It's just part of life, you know, that people reject you or they hurt or they don't mean to a lot of times or we have these wounds, so we feel it more than than we need to. And and when it comes to yeah faith, then that's a whole different ball game too. Because then, you know, I think families kind of want certain faith sometimes to keep carried on. And when you learn something new, then you know, then they may they're feeling rejection or something. Who knows? And I kind of yeah call it cleaning plates. But that definitely goes in the soul area of life because our spirit is separate. The whole thing then is when you go through this process. Now, I've been through this process five or six times because I had a lot of deeper things to deal with. The more you can clear out your soul area of all these hurts, call it kind of hurts, hangups, and that, then ultimately you want your spirit to rule over the soul. So that would be God's love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Uh, because if you've ever been about a bitter person, everybody knows. I mean, they know you can't even be around a person like that because everything comes out of their mouth is negative, critical. You know, nobody, people don't really always enjoy being around a, a better person. But imagine being around somebody who's, you know, whose words are kind and loving. And that's what we want. I mean, that's at least what I like <laughs> to be around. I think that's what's uh, neat about this process. It's very thorough, very in depth, but it gives you a tool for life too, because like I said, every day I might have to, you know, or if I'm feeling really ucky, yucky, like, oh, okay, what happened? Okay. What, what do I need to do right now? How do I deal with this? And, and again, it's not just about a formula because, you know, sometimes we do need to feel the pain and just, you know, just talk to somebody and, and it's, it it's out of our control. You know, sometimes things are just out of our control and we feel fear and, things like that. Um, my dad had a health problem this year and you know, we're pretty fearful. It was, it was scary at times and, but he came through it and I had to, I had to really come to some of these areas to help him get through it, even though we used the medical system. But if we didn't do this, I, I honestly don't think a whole lot would have changed. We definitely saw, saw change that day. It, there was change. <laughs> And uh, the Lord even gave a, 
a verse about the crooked generations. I mean, it was just amazing what happened with the prayer part. So, so I really, it's big. It's big. Like I said, it's not the only thing. It you know because I believe in oil essential oils. I love eating healthy food, and I could do a whole show just on food. But this is big because if you don't get to this part, it, it's really hard for our bodies not to change. I mean, our cells. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the the video by Dr. Emoto that water is memory, and they you know put a water droplet and just said the word Hitler, and it ended up turning black. And they can put, say, the word love, and the water has these beautiful crystals. So we're 70% water. So there's a lot of memory in our bodies <laughs> that we need to deal with or else, you know. And it, it's, No, it's I, had, really, I had not seen that video, but that is yeah highly interesting. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube. It's by Dr. Emoto, and he did um, put the water molecules under microscope after... Even even writing those letters on a bottle, I mean, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And and also one of the verses in Matthew 12, 28, it says, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of, of the Lord, then the kingdom of Yahweh comes unto you. So that's part of also why we would get to that spiritual level. That world is there, and it's it's all documented in Scripture. So Very interesting. Well. Do you have anything else that you want to say uh, before we wrap up? I just want to say that I'm, I am very grateful for this process because, like I said, I've had a lot of pain. I've had a lot of trauma, and it has definitely put my, my path. <laughs> I, I honestly believe I'd be very, very ill if I you know, didn't, hadn't done this, this process. And I was pretty ill. I mean, so I just think it's good for people, either if they're ill or not, just to clean out their soul area and, you know, just become a better person, if anything, for that, for society, whether regardless of their beliefs. So, interesting. yes. Very interesting. Well, I will tell you this, it, it's definitely got my, my me doing some thinking. So, good. we may have to have you back on to kind of unpack that a little bit, because there might be a little bit more to kind of dive into. I want to thank you for having uh, for coming on the show, and yeah, let's let's uh, let's have you back because I could I could tell this is a topic we could probably dive into just on one of those seven areas. So um, yeah, that would <laughs> yeah, just one of those areas is is there's a lot just in each one. So mm, it's bet. it's and and that's what's nice to know. Like you said, you know, the person who says I forgive and nothing happens and. But there's a lot more, and and there's that, you know, that scripture about we perish for lack of knowledge, and so getting this knowledge out is what's what's good and what's great about your show is that you're getting this knowledge out there, you know, so that people can can be be set free because in the end it's for freedom. Um, we want to be free from all this, and even if they're generational, whatever it is, or it's just our own life, we want to be. You know, my goal is to get people to their ultimate level of functioning. And, you know, if you've got these blockins in your system and your soul and your life, it's really hard to become the person you were created to be. And they'll definitely, you know, so, so I'd be happy to come back. 
You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.